Hi there, and great to have you along with me, Cleon and Ian Lewin, for another podcast edition of the RTE Radio 1 Spoken Stories Independence New Fiction Collection. Each programme treats us to a new story from a commissioned collection of short fiction read by its author or by a guest reader, with you, the listener, in mind. This collection is called Spoken Stories Independence as each writer started out on their story by way of considering what independence might conjure up for them and where it might take them today, 100 years after Ireland's War of Independence. Together the stories illustrate how variously and entertainingly an idea can be interpreted. In its way, this series is a creative contribution to Ireland's decade of centenaries. To get things started, here now is writer Kevin Barry with a couple of words on what he is about to read for us. The story is a kind of a homage to the Limerick uh, city that I grew up in in the 70s and 80s. Very much a tribute to the pirate radio uh, that was going on in the city in those days. Great broadcasters like John DeMann Frawley, the late and lamented John DeMann. Um, Limerick, it always seems to me, is not quite part of Ireland. It's a kind of an independent city-state within that larger entity. It has its own humours. It has its own way of way of presenting an affront to the world. Um, and this is a tribute to that kind of very unique independent spirit that the city has. Here's Kevin Barry then, and a pirate dreaming. A pirate dreaming. He went in his stockinged feet so as not to creak the floor and tip the needle. It was words by F.R. David that was playing. He stood on his tiptoes and poked his head out the Velux window. He could see as far as Catherine Street, and by now the ghosts of the night had departed, and the city was vaguely waking. Fonsi was headed down the town with the stacks of newspapers balanced on the bars of his bike. You could set the wall clock by Fonsi, and he turned to check it now to confirm that it was indeed a quarter to eight. April morning. A sense of new, aching life. The song went into its final chorus and would play out any second. He sat again by the mic and lit a fag and took a sup of cold tea. A bus gasped as though for life down on O'Connell Street. It was probably heading towards the regional and, please God, they hadn't had the worst of nights out in that place. The misfortunes. As the record faded out, he worked himself up a little and he leaned in towards the mic. Good morning, Sammy Sunshine, he cried. Good morning, lovely blue skies. Come on up out of it now for the love and honour of Jesus. Come on up now out of the beds. The day's half done. The day's in on top of us. Fancy's heading down the town with the papers. You know what that means. It's nearly eight bells in the morning and there isn't a dog washed in the house. Would you get up out of it now out of the scratchers? Squinting through smoke, he took off the F.R. David 7-inch and reached for a Joe Dolan. Joe would get them going. Joe would raise the dead. He leaned in low and confidingly to the mic again. 
Isn't it strange, lads, the way an old mood can swing in you? Mean to say, I was lying there at home not three hours ago on the flat of me back. The jaws hanging. The love of me life in dreamy, dreamy land alongside me, sighing out of herself like a contented little cat. And jealous of her I was, I hadn't a lick of sleep to me name. There was fleas in the town, had more sleep got than I got last night, and I had the old night thoughts, lads, I had. I was in that kind of a way, you know, staring up at the moon, out the curtains. What's it all about, Alfie? And halfways thinking, I'm going to be blowing myself now for the day. I'm going to have a face on me that would stop the clocks, but then, all of a sudden, I'm drifting. I'm losing the sense of myself. I'm in that place that's halfways between awake and sleepy, sleepy, and before I know it, I'm hopping out of the bed, half a six this morning, bright already these mornings, and I'm nearly after lepping down the road. The little heart bursting open with the sheer joys of it. I'm like the Lamb of God coming down Hyde Road. I'm passing Colbert Station. The first train is off for Dublin, and it's the springtime at last. And would ye get up now out of the beds and put a slice of bread in a fork and stick it up to the cause and gas? Give thanks for your health and for your mothers and fathers. And here's Joe Dolan. If you missed him at the two-mile inn the other week, here he is now in your own kitchens. Watch that toast. It's burning. You'd bring the house down round your ears. Here's the man that got the magic. Here's Joe. Good morning, Limney. The opening verses of Make Me an Island regaled the waking city. He went to the sink and filled the kettle. It was time for a fresh pot. Outside, the city was rustling its sleeves and the city was coughing. He got up on his tiptoes and put his head out the Velux window and stretched himself to see down as far as Tate's clock to make sure that his own was on the money. Joe Dolan wailed lustily a chorus. He danced with himself as he made the tea. Sunlight lifted itself across the rooftops and threatened the makeshift studio. It had, in very recent times, been a bedsit. It was good to keep moving, to keep them guessing. They wouldn't have the aerial got this side of Christmas all going well. He stood for a long moment and dreamed. As Joe faded out again, he sat with the fresh brew and eased himself forward on the rickety wheels of his old office chair and to the microphone he leaned in. Lads, come here to me. I don't know what they're putting in the water above in Mullingar, but if they're turning out the like of Joe Dolan, they know what they're doing. He'd sing the bulls out of the fields, wouldn't he? Anyhow, where are we? We're eight o'clock of a Wednesday morning in the city of Limney. Ourselves alone, lads, that's all we have to rely on. We're the only ones to blame. A gorgeous, sunny morning out there. Pull back the old drapes and warm your pasty little faces. It's that time of the year again. The Irish people crawl out of their caves and scream at the light. But listen to me. Sunshine holidays. Viva España, tell you now. A morning like we have outside there. Ye could be sunning yourselves below in the People's Park. And aren't we lucky to have it? It's eight o'clock of an April morning in the People's Park. 
down the entire length of O'Connell Street. And on the banks of the broad, majestic Shannon were haunted with luck lads to live in a place the like of it. Here's the police, or the guards as I call them. Don't stand so close to me. Did you know Sting was a school teacher himself at one time? As the track began, he rolled himself gently back on the chair, kicked his legs up onto the desk and went on a reminiscent drift. His school days, his father's time, his first love. The river moved below Shannon Street and pulled him gently seawards and for the moment time unspooled. The track faded out. He rolled forward in the chair. He raised the needle on the record and he lowered himself to the mic. He began with a whisper. What kind are ye at all? And let it build to a roar. Ah, for the love and honour of God, lads. It's five past eight in the morning. There isn't a child in the house dressed. Have ye no regard for your poor mothers? And they with the one arm longer than the other on account of looking after ye. There's schools to go to. Any amount of schools. Central heating. Gymnasiums. Computer rooms. Language labs. Do ye not know how well ye have it? Young people of Limney. For the love and honour of God will ye get up out of the pits and put on your little uniforms and eat a slice of toast and get ready for school. Your mothers have the super on below in the kitchens. And the school's only a quick waddle down the roads and they got out like palaces. Do ye not know what I was dealing with back in my day? There wasn't gymnasiums then. I was in a hedge school. I was learning the fiddle under a blackberry bush at three years of age. I was able to say my own name in Irish before I was out of the pram. I was able to ask for directions to Tipperary Town in Latin by the age of six. Anyway, while I have ye, sad old reports coming in now on the meteorological front. There's a cloud the size of Jerusalem after appearing over the Glintworth Hotel and it's heading along there now towards the Lyric. I have a practised eye for this kind of thing, lads. Aren't I watching it all my life? I tell you now, there'll be showers at the top of Hyde Road inside half an hour. Eve the best of the day missed. Get up out of it. Here's the Nolan sisters. Gorgeous looking girls. Every last one of them. He swivelled in his stool. He was happy as a wren on a dry stone wall. He swayed from side to side in perfect rhythm for a moment as the Nolan sweetly trilled. Gorgeous. So naturally melodious. They were like birds. He got up out of the chair and went to the back window. He raised it and took in his yoghurt. Always he left the yoghurt out on the sill on the shaded side of the building in the early morning, a fruit of the forest most usually. It would settle the constitution. A shaded sill worked as well as a fridge easily into the maytime. He put on the kettle for a fresh brew. The noise of the city was by the moment building. He settled to his yoghurt with relish. The kettle whistled to a conclusion in tandem with the Nolan sisters. He leaned into the mic. Is it me? he whispered. Is it me or is there a special happy feeling 
After arriving into the town this weather, I think it's coming in off the river, lads. I'm sat here now, and I'll be quite honest with ye. I'm grinning like an ape. I've a peculiar, happy feeling like a mantle on me shoulders, like a magical mood. What's the cause of it? Is it the sap rising and the lovely springy feeling? Of course, the one thing you'd forget about this place in the winter months is that we're a very good-looking people. We'd be covered with old anoraks and overcoats and headscarfs and monkey hats for half the year and slugging around the place and tis only when the long evenings come in and the fine weather that we throws caution to the wind and the overcoats into the cupboards and tis only then we're revealed in all our glory. Anyway, have you the eggs boiled? Have you the ecker done for your teachers? Have you the price of the buses? Come on down the town, lads, tis hopping, and it's not half past eight in the morning. Ain't it great to see it? Suddenly, on a whim, his mood turned, the room darkened, and he leaned in still closer. Of course, isn't it well for us that we're getting to see it? There's others less fortunate. The poor crowd outside in the regional hospital, the misfortunes. I tell you now, there's people out in the regional after putting down nights of it. They lie in there, staring up at the ceilings, tubes hanging out of them. I was only out there myself the other week, seeing my friend Terry. He's doing better than himself now, thank God. He was surrounded by about 14 widows and they feeding him tubs of ice cream. Bottles of 7-Up to beat the band. Bottles of 7-Up with the gas let out of them. A cure the like of it you wouldn't get in Fatima. Ah, but listen, be no time at all, Terror, till you're back out and walking around the place again. He was a great walker, always, Terry. He have the stones worn out of the footpaths below on the island field. This is for Terry, and for anyone else listening outside in the regional. God be with ye and all belonging to ye, lads. Of course I've nothing queued up. Hold on to your horses. What'd put us right at all? Mrs. Hogan from Janesborough was on looking for Yul Brenner and the King and I. I don't know if it's the day or the hour, Tessie. We'll take it handy for a while yet. Here's Mike Oldfield with Moonlight Shadow. Good man, Mike! The town, below and beyond him, was approaching its full throttle. The town had the lungs cleared on itself and a bit of colour slapped into its face. The old rooftops leaned into one another as though to confide. How we now, they inquired, but gently. He put the footstool directly under the Velux window and stood on it. The height would give the broader view. And he let his busy, inquiring head emerge to the city, poked it this way and that and back again. Swallows darted back and forth and drew out their invisible threads and held the world together. He saw Billy Mack heading down towards William Street. Was it Boyd's he was working in the hardware? Billy Mack stopped up in his stride, went to his haunches beside a puddle, took a comb out of his pocket, ran it through the puddled water and then ran it through what was left of the hair on top of his head. That was Billy for you. Smooth operator. Here and then gone again. Mike Oldfield had some young one singing for him a beautiful little throttle on her. Along 
by the glentwort came a big, softly padding guard, beef to the heels, a countryish sort of lad he did not recognise. He knew most of the guards on a first-name basis. This fellow looked as if he was straight in from the like of Eskeaton or Knock Long, God help us. He stepped down from the stool again as the last verse gave on to the last chorus and the spectre of law enforcement was suddenly about him like a damp, chilling mist. It was eight months since he'd been raided. He was nearly due a visit. Another aerial seized and he could be gone for good. Good night, farewell, off Wiedersehen so long. He sat down on the old office chair, ran its creaking wheels towards the mic, let the record fade out, gathered himself and leaned in. Good morning, city of Limney, he whispered. Good morning, Colbert Station. Good morning to the Yellow Road. Good morning to the Corrigore Falls and they below roaring out of them they were always ignorant. I'm after a look out at the place, lads. The town is packed and it's not nine bells. Is there something on? Is there something I'm after forgetting? Is there a hearty cup? Is there a sacred heart novena? Can't be. We're weeks from a novena. Not that we couldn't use one. And the godforsaken gatch of us and we slugging around this place. Misfortunes. Anyhow, we'll get up and we'll go out to the place. We'll face into what has to be faced. We'll smile at every poor Egypt we meet and we won't let a plain girl go past without compliment and we'll have a kind little word for every dog in the street. Speaking of which, dogs? You know this thing they say where a dog is supposed to start resembling its owner? Well, I was heading away from a match there in Priory Park on Sunday Hyde where after playing Geraldine's. Wasn't what you'd call a spectacle. But who did I meet on the way back into town? Only a gentleman who shall remain nameless, Billy O'Neill. And Billy have that little dog alongside him a long time now, the little schnauzer. And as sure as I'm sat here in front of ye, man and dog have precisely the same expression on their faces. And you stood there talking to him on the Carey's Road of a Sunday evening. They both kind of inclined the head to about 45 degrees. And the look is kind of gentle with a kind of curious little cut to it and the mouths kind of hang open a bit it's as if they're sure they've seen you somewhere before but they can't place you very disconcerting five minutes of it and you don't know if you're talking to man or dog you're looking from one to the other and back again anyway where are we we're in the city of Limney at a five past nine of an April morning, is it too early for the wolf tones? Nearly is, I'd say. He would go as far as one o'clock, at least. He might go as far as three, if he got a wind behind him. There was the famous day. He'd done fourteen hours straight, and nearly had to be taken home out of it in a stretcher. All would depend on the form and on the flow of the mood. It would depend on what carried in from the river down below. He picked another record, cued it and let it play. Odyssey, inside out. He leaned back in the chair. 
he kicked the two feet up onto the desk. Sunlight entered the Velux window in a sudden golden shriek. He closed his eyes against it and he softly murmured with the record as it played. Each morning he drew the city into its existence. This was his belief. For a moment, as he sat with his eyes closed, there was a drifting into the shallows of sleep. There was, for a moment, great peace. And here was an old pirate, dreaming in the city of Limerick in 1983. There you heard writer Kevin Barry read for us A Pirate Dreaming, specially written for Spoken Stories Independence. Next time on Spoken Stories, Shorn by Sue Rainsford and read for us by Saoirse Ronan. It was our mother talking. Our mother who knew which broken bone takes longest to heal. Which flowers, once plucked, will wilt fastest. In the dark I could see her eyes gleaming. What I could not see, but could picture perfectly. The crinkled skin around them. Her freckles that had once sat apart, now clustered and blurred. All those things that happened to us. No one ever spoke of them again. The rain was heavier now, where Helena and I were standing. No one wanted to remember after. Hadn't we won? Hadn't we gotten what we wanted? No, not rain. It was hail. Bouncing off the grass where it fell around us. But I've yet to see it. The place that's worth a woman on her knees. An excerpt there from the story Shorn by Sue Rainsford and read by Saoirse Ronan. And you can hear that next time on Spoken Stories Independence. Enjoy all the new fiction featured on Spoken Stories Independence wherever you get your podcast on rte.ie forward slash culture and on the Spoken Stories website. From me, Cleanna Nianluan, thank you for listening.